freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your Ryder Cup Pick Reaction Pod. That's right. The picks are in, baby. Let's do it. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, what up? I'm I'm fired up. We've been talking about this for at least three years, uh, and, and the picks are finally <laughs> in. The team is set. I can't wait to hash it out. Kyle Porter is here. KP, Captain Stricker said, here are my guys. The, these are the ones that are coming with me. Lots to chat about. Welcome. I don't think we've even known each other for three years, so it would be shocking if we had been talking about this for that long. That having been were said, you, were, you I, talking to, were you talking about it before we met? I mean, for sure. But yeah. Oh, so you just meant just just in a in a silo, not necessarily yeah, yeah. toward one another. Rick, Listen, Rick's I'm been like, talking about it forever. You have, I have. This is hour three of podcasting about the Ryder Cup for me today, and I see no end in sight. So I'm I, I'm ready to run it back. Let's keep going. The big thing for Captain Stricker is finding the right combination in golf. He's got six golfers that he's added to his team. But in the world of beverage, the perfect combination is iced tea and lemonade. That's Arnold Palmer's professional. You're a professional. Thank you very much. 5% ABV and more on them coming later. Uh, here it is, guys. So let's here, let's go with the auto qualifiers. Uh, this, these are the six we've known about. These are the six that on points over the last couple of years, and remember, they reset the deadline, all that stuff. The six auto qualifiers, Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantlay, KP, Do you as a captain or when you're thinking about how Captain Stricker decides who's going to be his captain's picks, you got to take into account these guys, right? You got to take into account what you already have on 50% of your team before you figure out the other 50%. Yeah, I think so. Uh, You know, I I think you do have to take it into account, but at the same time, you're, you're, you're really trying to accumulate as much talent that fits the course as possible right i I don't know that you're it's kind of the theory of like getting everybody getting all the right people on the bus and then figuring out where they're going to sit later on i think they just try to get all the the, all the right people on the bus today and i think the thing that stood out to me rick and and i'm sure we'll go into this more later but six rookies right It, it 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 feels like this is a um like a a shift into this new era generation whatever you want to call it of u.s rider cuppers no more tiger phil probably probably never again right tiger and phil have played probably on their last rider cup team ever and now it's it's a bunch of 20 year olds a bunch of 20 not 20 year olds but a bunch of guys in their 20s and i love that i think it's i think it I think when you contrast it to what Europe has, which is a bunch of guys in their 40s, like half their team is going to be in their 40s. Almost all of the U.S. team is going to be in their 20s. I think it makes for a really interesting contrast. But also, I, I think the advantage is just fundamentally on the U.S. side when you when you kind of look at that type of matchup. Not only are there six rookies, and we'll get into the the captain's picks rookies as well here, Greg, but I, I find this fascinating that – Colin Morikawa, the the number one ranked player, your top auto qualifier, the guy that you would normally maybe want to lean on for five sessions, something like that. Uh, 
teeing it up for the first time in a Ryder Cup. And, and, and to me, he he is truly kind of the X factor for, for the most part of these guys. You know what you're going to get. And I think we know what we're going to get with Morikawa. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him go out and win every single point that's available to him. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him struggle because first timers at the Ryder Cup are kind of iffy, iffy. I think to me, he is the X factor of these auto qualifiers. Um, so the, the rookie thing and the age thing, I find to be uh, quite interesting because Colin Morikawa and Scotty Scheffler are, are young. They're really young guys, right? They're in their second year on the PGA tour um, or they just finished their second year on the PGA tour. So they are truly young. And they could, they're truly considered to be rookies. But then you look at some of the other guys who I know we'll talk about later, but the Xanders and the um, um, a Harris English and guys like that, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, these are guys who are young, but they're experienced. And even the guys that haven't played in a Ryder Cup before are very experienced professional golfers. And I think that's a, a very unique combination where they're they're really hungry to play, to have this opportunity to play in a Ryder Cup. Uh, and, and it almost feels like a fresh start in a way. Maybe it's because there's no Tiger Phil. Maybe it's because Dustin Johnson at 37 is the oldest guy on the team um, and, and kind of your veteran. I, I can't remember the last time that happened. Uh, so that's a, a unique combo. And while they're young, they're in their prime. They're, they're not they're not like getting their feet wet. They're not learning the way that they play. These are established professional golfers who have won on the world stage. And so I think they go into this with a little bit more confidence than a Ricky Fowler in 2010, who's really new to the tour and just kind of coming on wide eyed. And all of a sudden he's playing in the Ryder cup. I, I don't get that mm -hmm. feeling with any of these players, including Scheffler and Morikawa. I mean, Colin Morikawa's won two majors. So uh, how, how green is he? I, I could see him performing very well. Uh, of course, there are questions about his game and his health, uh, but I, I would hope that he has time to sort those things out and come with his A game. But I, I don't think the moment will be too much for any of these players. Morikawa has more majors than everybody on Europe's team, except for Rory. That's, <laughs> Is that right? That's, um, yeah, I mean, you're established at that point. So well, we'll I, see. I, yeah, I guess you're, I guess even, no matter who they pick, yeah. I, w I loved what you said about um, it just it 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 being a fresh start. I, I think that <clears throat> I think it is in a lot of ways. I think I think some people look back at the the task was it the task force? What, what was it? Yeah, just ridiculous task force. Task yeah. force as like oh new era, and it's like I don't know, man. Like Phil's been doing this for twenty five years, and he's kind of leading this. Uh, it's just, I. I mean, I get why you did it, but it, it, I think a, a fresh start is like new, new blood, six new guys. Right. And I, I just, I, 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 I you know, even today, as I watch Stricker, I watched uh, Spieth and, and Berger and all these guys kind of talk. I felt a ton of optimism in a way that I, I really don't know that I've felt in a long time for uh, a U.S. Ryder Cup team. It, it just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, if there was even anything tangible about it. It just felt like, man, this is, this, this feels a lot different than the kind of Tiger Phil era of like, you know, those guys were such uh, mainstays on the team for such a long time. And their generation of guys just didn't, they weren't locked into the Ryder Cup like I think some of these young guys are. 
And when you have that in a tiger and a Phil who have such big personalities and egos and everything that goes along with that, I think that it, it affects the team a little bit. And I, I think the younger guys, they are in on the Ryder cup. They do really, really want to win the Ryder cup in a way that I don't, I don't know that tiger and Phil ever did in the prime of their career. I think they did later on at like toward the end of it, but I don't know that they did when they were like 30, 28 and just like really in like the thick of their career. So that to me is it, I, I think it's very, it provides a lot of optimism and it made me just really hopeful about the, the future for the U S the other thing on that, Kyle, with that star power of, of a tiger and a Phil, it's a challenge to hold them accountable uh, for other players uh, other guys in the locker room and also a captain. How, how are you going to say as let's just use Hal Sutton as an example, if you're Hal <laughs> Sutton and I don't mean to pick on him. He's one of my favorite. I, I think I love Hal Sutton. Um, but how is Hal Sutton going to go up to tiger or Phil and say, Hey, this isn't how we're doing things here. Huh. It does, there's a, it, it's almost like an NBA coach. Uh, it reminds me of Eric Spolstra talking to LeBron James and telling them what to do. It doesn't feel like, of course, they were very successful, but it, it doesn't feel like that works. feels like there's it, that's a little bit backwards. Like, okay, I, I'm LeBron James, and I'm going to tell in, you what to do. Unless the guys who are the stars, like, sort of make it work. In, unless they say, hey, Absolutely. You're, you're in charge. I'm, I'm under your authority for or whatever, however you want to say it, for this week. And let's let's go from there. And I, I don't know that Tiger and Phil ever really did that. Maybe they said it or implied it, but I don't know if that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that that ever actually took place. Well, gentlemen, the picks are in. These are in order of their Ryder Cup points rankings. Here they are: Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, Harris English, Daniel Berger, and Scotty Scheffler. There they are in Strix. I wonder who thought of that marketing genius. Let's pair these guys up because uh, I think a couple of these are no brainers, right? Let me let, let's let's start here, Greg. Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth. No chance these guys were not going to be on the team. Uh, Xander's just won the gold medal. Uh, Spieth is a staple on the American squad. He's been playing great recently. Those two were no doubt locks to be on this team. Absolutely. You look at a Xander Shoffley who has no. He's one of those guys who's a rookie, but it, but very established in his career uh, and everybody on both the European side and the American side knows Xander Shoffley very well. They're very familiar with his game. They know how good he is and he can go in there with confidence and say, look, I'm not trying to, I don't have to prove anything. I'm, I'm an, I'm a, I'm a gold medalist. I, I have won on the PGA tour. I'm, I am um, uh, right up there with the very best of the best. I'm one of the best players in the world. I know it and everybody else knows it. So let's go play. Um, and Jordan Spieth is much of the same. Not only does he have his um, a, a very impressive resume in the Ryder Cup, even in 2018, he and JT went three and one in there uh, as a team. So he he has been a guy who's easy to pair. He's had success with everybody, um, and and he his game is trending in the right direction. And we all know and have been saying for a while he's back. So he belongs on this team very much. Um, and to add to that. He came in second last time the PGA was at Whistling Straits, and he was yeah. one of the few guys that really uh, was able to hang with Jason Day. And for a while, you thought Jordan had a chance to win. So uh, these two players check all the boxes. 
Um, and even the experience box that Xander may not check. I, I think that's, um, I don't think that's a very strong box. I don't think that's a concern at all. Jordan Spieth's Ryder Cup record, I find fascinating. Seven, five, and two overall. Five and one in four ball. Two, one, and two in foursomes. And the old goose egg, there it is. Still trying to get in the win column in Sunday singles. 0 for 3. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Yeah. Well, I I have one interest, one one thing on that. I want to see if you guys find this interesting. Um, I heard an interview with Tom Kite. And Tom Kite had some data that said when he was a captain back in 97, if you play five matches, it it severely impacts your ability to perform um, on in, in the Sunday singles. And over time, guys who play that many matches tend to struggle in their Sunday singles. And Jordan, because he's been such a force in much of his career, I think he's gotten played a lot. Um Correct me if I'm wrong. I know he played five matches in Paris. I don't know he, off the top of my head what he did in 16, but he did. Na- maybe that's a contributing factor. Five in each. Yeah, five I think. If, it, yeah, yeah, that's a lot. That that's a lot, and I I think that plays a role in his singles. And he should have played five in Glen Eagles if Tom Watson had. Well, yeah. anyway, and he, only, um, he only played four. He was a young man. He was young. It, if you've ever been to a Ryder Cup and and just felt like the um, the not even been to if you've watched one and and seen the emotion that goes into it, those guys are spent by Saturday. If they, if they're playing all four matches on Friday Saturday, you you have nothing left. I mean, we we've seen this with Rory a lot. Even like it, the front nine against Reed at Hazeltine was phenomenal. He wasn't that good on the back nine. He really labored against JT in Paris. Um, he wasn't very good. JT beat him, I think, on the 17th or 18th hole. It's just it, emotionally, it's so difficult to play five matches. So I, th- I think that's a good point, Greg. The next two, uh, Tony Finau and Harris English. These two, I think, gentlemen, were uh, – we, we assume these were in KP. Harris English, we've we've – given Harris English a de facto spot on this team for a couple of months. I think Finau's uh, chances of making this team were much more up in the air until his victory at the Northern Trust. That really solidifies his spot. Uh, so no surprise to see these two, especially because we've seen Finau uh, uh, chainsaw, what, Tommy Fleetwood in in 18. I, I mean, Finau's, I think, only played once. He's 2-1. and one. Um, th- this, this is no surprise from the next pair. No, and and they're both, especially Finau is a good fit for Whistling Straits. He played, if I remember right, he played really well there in fifteen at the at the uh, PGA. I think that was one of his first like really good major finishes. Was that his first top ten ever? Do you have his Wikipedia page pulled up? Um, and English, you know, I think I think what's interesting about this is I, I really liked that. I think the only reason Harris English was even in question, like think about if if they had only had three captains picks or four captains picks, you would have said, "Oh, Harris English is for sure in." He almost made it as a as a uh, automatic, right? As as a as a automatic qualifier. So they're for sure going to pick him. The only reason it was even up in the air is because they had six captains picks, which I like. And he was a little bit further down on that list now because you're only taking the top six as automatic qualifiers. So it it felt, I think, more up in the air than it would have otherwise. But I don't I don't 
I don't really think they were ever not going to take him because Stricker talked a lot on Wednesday about body of work, body of work. What have you done? Not just in the last two months, but for the last eight months, you know, for all of 2021. And I think that's where, you know, English struggled in that kind of March, April, May timeframe, but January, February, he was good. And then obviously throughout the summer, he was really good as well. Tony Fiennes. Sorry, Greg. He may, he may have had a little um, in that period where he struggled. I think Harris had a little back issue that yeah. got sorted out. So uh, there was like a, a very clear reason for that one minor dip. Other than that, he's been extremely consistent. Tony Finau's T10 at the 2015 PGA Championship, his first career top 10 in a major. Congratulations, Kyle. Great. Uh, and Greg, the, the, the final thing for these two is to me, they're both pulling in the same direction. They're both going to be great in the locker room. They're both easy enough to pair. I mean, this, this, I love both these guys. Absolutely. And, and this team in its total construction, um, you're, we're at a point where I, I feel the animosity between players has gone way down and the guys who you can pair with players, the guys that don't have a problem with anybody uh, greatly outnumber guys where there are issues. And that gives Captain yeah. Stricker a lot of options. And both Finau uh, and and English and uh, among others are guys that you said, Rick, you can pair with anybody. I mean, the, I, I think to what Harris English said after Memphis when he and Bryson had that difficult final round and a lot of people were really getting on Bryson. Uh, Harris was extremely, for lack of a better word, nice to Bryson about it. He did. He defended Bryson. He said, look, it's not his fault. This is just, this happened. And this is how, this was the order of operations and he took some responsibility on his own. And I, I, he handled it so well that I, I could see, not that I think this is my favorite pairing, but I, I do think Harris and Bryson could be a pairing. Um, I, I think so too. So I, I think they have a little bit of respect for each other and, and everything that I've heard Harris say about, um, about Bryson in particular, because he's one of the few that you might have questions about, has been extremely positive. Kyle is showing us a uh, handwritten notebook that I believe says something about Harris English and Bryson DeChambeau playing yeah, together. I had him. Getting at? Yeah, yep. there you go. Okay. I had him down. <laughs> um, you know, I think I that... Like Fina with, but with Bryson. You like Fina with, with, with Bryson? Bryson? So they're in yeah, the they same played, They played together at the uh, Melbourne, I think. Oh, at the President's Cup? Yeah, the President's Cup. Um, like day two, maybe. But what was I going to say? Oh, um, so this is where I actually thought Stricker shined on Wednesday. Um, he didn't take Reed, so that's step one. Good job. I don't know that we need to apologize to Reed for not picking him. Um, Stricker is – look, Stricker's a, a very – seemingly kind, gracious, nice guy. So I, I get where he's coming from. Um, so it was, it was good to not take Reed because I think Reed just causes so many problems that whatever he does on the course is not worth whatever you're going to have to deal with off the course. And look, like Stricker made it pretty clear. If you read between the lines, like if you go read his transcript, which is like 18 pages long, it be, it was like, hey, I asked the guys that were already on the team, and they didn't want Patrick Reed. He didn't say that, obviously, but if you read between the lines on what he did say, that's what he that's what he meant. And 
that's that matters. Like that stuff is important at a Ryder Cup, I think. Um, but then also like taking Shuffler is to to the three of us, it's not that big of a deal because we see the numbers and we see like what he's capable of, how he performed at the majors. But I think to the common golf fan, I made this point on the No Way and Up podcast that I'll probably have a bunch of crossover because I did that and I don't know when that's coming out. But if you listen to both, I'm sorry for the crossover or the overlap. Um, to the common golf fan, I think they might say, Scotty Scheffler, he's never won a tournament. Like, why is he on the team? You know, but I, I love that Stricker did it because he's young. He's a potential star. You could say this about Sam Burns also if he had taken him. Um, and it, it's just an infusion of like young, exciting talent that kind of goes against the grain a little bit of what the U.S. has always done, which is just take veterans and guys with experience and all this different stuff. And that's where I was. This is a dumb way to phrase it, but that's why I was kind of proud of what Stricker did. Of like taking Scheffler seems obvious to to you and I, Rick, because we have access to RickRunGood.com and to Data Golf, but Thanks. it's not obvious to uh, I think. I don't know, 75% of people that watch golf. It's just, it's not that straightforward. And so I loved that he kind of, kind of leaned into the young, exciting, like let's get some energy going type stuff and, and took uh, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, this was, this was the team that Wednesday morning I tweeted out, this should be the team. I have no idea what's going to happen. I think there's a chance Patrick Reed gets on this team. I think, I don't know what is going to happen here, but this, this should be the team, Greg, rounded out by Berger and Scheffler, uh, you know, the the case for Berger got much weaker after Cantlay um, won, went on a run and solidified his spot after Tony Finau solidified his spot, right? Because there was a chance where those three guys could have been like, you know, nine through 12 ish and, and now two of them are automatically in. So the case got worse for Daniel Berger. He is still going to make the team. I'm very excited about that. Um, but there was a push, uh, I don't know if you just call it Twitter, the Twitter sphere for a Kevin Na, a Kevin Kisner pick. Of course, Patrick Reed, we've been talking about for for weeks and months. To me, none of those guys should have made it. This, this is the exact team, but um, there were, I suppose, people making cases for others. Kisner should not have made the team. Um, the Na thing, the, the one interesting part to me about that is it he embodies the purpose of the captain's pick in a way where you you wait this long and you try to make this selection so close to the Ryder Cup so that you can get a guy like Kevin Na that you can get the a guy who's, the horse rule right the guy that just all of a sudden catches fire and you're you know your team's going to be better with him uh, so I'm not sure that Kevin Na is that guy, but his record definitely pointed in that direction. I, I overall, I do think it was a good pick. If there was, I, I could see a world with a, a Webb Simpson and a known commodity to get a little more experience on a young team because you're young already. Um, but I have no problem with the Scotty Scheffler pick. It, it doesn't surprise me in one bit. And Daniel Berger, much like Harris English, just belonged on this team. I couldn't believe that he was 12th in the standings. His performance is as steady and as consistent as anybody. His attitude uh, belongs on a Ryder Cup. Um, He makes plenty of birdies. He showed me this year that he can handle bigger golf courses, which has been a concern of mine for him in the past. Uh, and and he's he he basically checks every box. So I've been very strong, very high on Berger, and and I love that selection. The thing about Scotty Scheffler that I I really like that my favorite aspect about him more so than the youth. 
because I, I think we have I think we have a lot of it. We have plenty of youth, um, but he's a he's an excellent driver of the golf ball. And as long as he is, he's extremely accurate. He's hitting like yeah. nearly 65% of his fairways. And for guys over 300 yards, you don't see that very often. They usually sit six. I mean, 62 at 300 yards is almost accurate. So he's a great driver of the ball, makes a ton of birdies, a ton of eagles. Everybody seems to really like him. And if you went with him or Burns, I, I did think there was a spot out there for it because Webb didn't make the tour championship. He had a little bit of a strange year. There was some disappointment and you could raise very valid questions about the course fit. So um, yeah. all in all, I'm, I'm happy with the, I'm happy with the pick. I, I don't know if it was the best one time will tell, but, uh, but I do think it was, it was very well done. I think that the other thing about those two guys, they were great in the majors this year. Sheffler was top 20 in all four top 10 and three of them. I mean, he beat a lot of guys at in, in like big boys situations. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. uh, Berger was great at the majors as well. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. US he finished, but I, great. Two, two top eight finishes. So T eight at the open championship, T seven at the U S open. Uh, he made yeah, the, cut at the PGA okay. championship and he missed the cut at the masters. Though. And he shoots 64 okay. in the, in his last round. The the when the burger clamoring is start starting to dissipate. Oh yeah, and people aren't aren't really talking about Daniel Berger. He slides he slides to twelfth in the in the um in the points, and it looks like if you wanted Reed on your team or you wanted Webb on your team, Berger was going to get left out somehow, and he goes out and shoots sixty four at, at Eastlake, and that's just clutch. And I said this on Sunday, but like he's the guy that everybody thinks that that uh, that Kisner and and Kevin Na are right. Like he's he he not he's not scared of anybody. He'll stand up. He 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 wants Rory on Sunday. I mean, I don't know if he actually wants that, but like mm -hmm. he will say that he wants that. Uh, I don't know if that's something you should wish for. And I, there was a clip that was floating around on on uh, Wednesday that I forgot about. That it was from the 2017 Presidents Cup where he went he went two and one. And dragged JT around for like half the day on uh, on Saturday, and they beat uh, Johnny Vegas and Hideki three and two. And JT was like, "Yeah, he this like he he carried me today, you know." And I just I think he's like that guy at at this type of event. Like I think he wants the ball. I think all the things that people were saying about oh, yeah. Kisner and Nah. I think are, are actually true about Berger and he's just a lot better from T to green on a golf course like this that rewards distance. So disproportionate Kevin Kisner is like a hundred or Kevin Na was 170th in driving distance. Kevin Kisner is 160th in driving distance. They might make the putt to win you the Ryder cup, but I don't even know if they can get you there for the, for the first 17 holes because they like, how are they going to put up enough points to get to the 18th hole? So that was kind of my point about Daniel Berger. Real quick, I mean, we, I don't know how long we're planning on going, but I, I've got a lot of things we need to get to. Um, Patrick Reed, let, let's talk about this, Greg. Uh, Captain Stricker, uh, apologetic to one <laughs> Captain America for not having him on the squad. Uh, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but apparently apologized a lot yeah. in that conversation. Um, I don't think that was necessary. <laughs> well, here's the, I, I understand, and Kyle brought this up earlier. That's the kind of guy Steve Stricker is. Yeah. And he's not going to make this out to be, hey, Patrick got what he had coming for him. You're not going to hear <laughs> right. Steve Stricker say that. So I'm sure he was. I, I bet you he was very truthful in that. 
the biggest concern I have in what Stricker said about Patrick Reed, it made it really seem like, like um, he was the last man out. And, and when you look at the last man out this year in particular with questions about Brooks Kepka, the expectation would be if Kepka's out, Reed's the next guy. And as Kyle said earlier, if you read between the lines, the guys don't want Patrick Reed. So you open yourself up to a little bit of criticism if you're Captain Stricker and Kepka can't go. Now you got to bring somebody else in. Are you going to sit, go with the opinion you've given? Like you, you've kind of shared this um, mindset that reads the next guy up, but now nobody on the team wants him. And if you bring Sam Burns along or you bring Webb Simpson along, the questions are going to come flying in. Well, what, why not Patrick Reed? You apologized him. He said it was the hardest pick to make. It was the most difficult thing. He was the first call I made. All those things Stricker said. I think it complicates the situation. So this goes one of two ways to me. One, um, Reed may actually be the next guy up, which is a possibility. I don't believe that, that to be the case, but maybe he is. And the second possibility is Kepka is going to be fine. And he has a lot of faith that Kepka is going to be fine. I don't see either of those scenarios in that light right now. So I'm interested to see what happens. It, it is interesting, KP, because in a year 2021, we could have a positive test. We could have contact mm-hmm. tracing. We could have Brooksy's wrist. We could have Bryson injuring himself speed training before the world long drive championships that he's going to immediately after the Ryder cup. I mean, like things could happen. And, and I agree with Greg. It, it was basically presented to us that Patrick Reed, Reed was the, the last man out. And maybe he gets plugged in at some point. Maybe he's not a snub. Maybe he does. Maybe captain America ends up at whistling straights. Yeah, he might. Uh, I, the thing I'll say about that is Stricker did give himself a little bit of an out because he was asked, do you have a 13th guy for COVID, for Brooks, for whatever reason? And he's like, oh, we haven't even talked about that yet. And so I I, I think there's a scenario in which, you, yeah, I mean, it, it is hard. He painted himself into a corner with like basically – the i mean he like an a just an apology tour to to the reed camp about like it's like look you're the captain man and and i get it like i, I i'm never gonna you know demean a guy for being j- just showing kindness to another to another person i i don't i don't know that he needed to like ap- like apologize for it like i that 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 seemed a little excessive um so i guess his out is like I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I he, he would almost have to be like, well, I'm just going to have to take the questions about Reed again and bring Webb in because, because that's who JT and Spieth and Morikawa and DJ and all these guys want, which I think it would be or, or Burns or whoever. I, I'm not saying specifically Webb and just wear it on Reed and, and kind of move on. I just don't think you can have Reed there. I really don't like all the, you can only have so many, I, I said this on your podcast, Rick, you can only have so many clowns and they still got some and you don't need another one going into to the to the matches. If you if, if Brooks Kepka can't go, I'm not wishing that I'm just painting this scenario. You've eliminated all of the. Yeah, all your problems. But yeah. if Reed's the next guy in, you bring what you replace, a, you replace <laughs> a problem with a problem. Because here's here's the thing. And and I made this point on on knowing up as well. I think. Brooks is a bigger team problem than Bryson. 
I really I agree. Do. I think one hundred percent. Yes. I think you go there, and I think Bryson is kind of like. I mean, look, there's a million things going on with him, but I, I also, and I could be wrong about this. He seems more likely to be a guy that's like, hey whatever you guys want me to do, I'll do like he, he, he wants to be liked, right? He wants JT and Spieth to like him every for the last two months. Every time Bryson is asked about Brooks, Bryson says, I don't have a problem with him. I, I think he's great. I think he's great for the game. I want to be like him. I, there's not going to be any issues. Every time Brooks is asked about Bryson specifically, like, Hey, you guys all went to dinner the other night. Did you bury the hatchet? He just goes, no, no, like that. That's It's just Brooks is the problem. Bryson is I, I, th- <laughs> I think he is too. And I think that there's a real like, um, and we talk about this all the time, but like Rory and Rom, when they enter the team room on Monday morning, it's like egos and pride and all the things that they carry with them throughout the year, like that falls away. And it's, and it's, there's just unity among their team and I think Bryson could get there. I don't think Brooks is it, like even wants to get there. I, I think I don't. I don't. I, I think that he is um, just. I, I think even at that event, like I think he participates and he's kind of into it. But I just think he thinks of it as like twelve individuals and not one team, and and he's just unwilling to kind of buy into everything else in a way that I think Bryson actually might be willing to buy in. Like, I I think if you eliminate Brooks and Reed, I think there are enough guys that can drag Bryson and maybe even like somebody like a DJ along that everything kind of works. And I I think Brooks could be, I, I genuinely think Brooks could be a real problem at this Ryder Cup. Brooks is the guy nobody wants to go up and talk to, right? Nobody wants to say, Hey, great job, Brooksy and get enthusiastic with him. They, they, he's the guy that okay, he give him his space. Yeah, Bryson's going to, cool. Bryson's going to do cool for right. school. Exactly. That's exactly it. Bryson is the opposite. Bryson will be the guy that's maybe over celebrating guys are like, wow, yes. he's really taking this seriously, <laughs> <laughs> you know? which we love in the Ryder cup. So it's great. For sure. For sure. I just, I think there's a lot, I think there's an unwillingness, with both of these guys, but more so with Brooks to be, that's a week where you have to be vulnerable, right? Like you have to kind of like show yourself to your teammates and you have to kind of let some stuff go. And I, I don't think, I mean, I haven't been behind closed doors. Maybe I'm way, way off on this. I don't know that Brooks is willing to do that. Now, can you win and, and uh, without him doing that? For sure. They won in 2016 uh, with him on the team and, and he was good and it was fine. But man, he's a, he has an opportunity. Like he's, he's one of the guys on, I think he is the guy on this team with the most major championships. Like he can be a leader and, and really like pull some guys into like, Hey, this is, this is what this team looks like. And, and man, he could just really galvanize the team. And I don't think he, I don't think he has any interest in that. There, there is only one pairing that I am absolutely 100% sure. Roll it out five times. It's lemonade and iced tea. It's Arnold Palmer spiked. <laughs> it t- here's what, here's my thing. It tastes like a hole in one feels. I'm not sure what that means, but I really love it. There is a reason this is the Ryder cup gentlemen. There, there is a reason that the best trophies in the world are shaped like things you drink out of 
right, Greg? It's the Stanley Cup. It's the Ryder Cup. It's the Claret Jug. Why? Because you have to drink Arnold Palmer spiked out of it. I'm pretty sure that's what they decided 200 years ago. You have to do it. Yeah, all of those trophies. It's funny you bring up those three because they all they just scream Arnold Palmer spiked when I look at them. That's all I see. That's literally all I see when I look at the Claret Jug. Uh, it is the perfect combination of brewed teas and real juice. And again, now with 5% ABV, it comes in multi-packs or a tall 24-ounce can. And it is perfect for sipping both on the course, off the course. I imagine quite a few Arnold Palmer spikes are going to be consumed at Whistling Straits this year, which KP, um, the is, is it the best in person? I mean, it's a lot of people around one or two or three holes feels pretty crowded, but how the viewing experience got to be pretty strong. It's the, it's well, it's, it's by far the best event I've ever, that I've ever been to in person, but it's also the, the one that you most want inside the ropes for, because it's, it's extraordinarily difficult when if you're just walking around to i mean you still want to be there because the vibe is just even like even if you're within a hundred yards of the first tee it's unbelievable even if you can't see anything the noise the atmosphere everything about the first i mean the whole thing but really the first tee is phenomenal but inside the ropes is i'm i'm more grateful for it there than i think any other tournament you don't even need inside the ropes access to get Arnold Palmer spiked. You just need to go to arnoldpalmerspike.com slash first or search for it on Drizzly and Instacart. Again, that's arnoldpalmerspike.com slash first 2021 Hornell Brewing Company, Memphis, Tennessee, malt beverage with natural flavor. Celebrate responsibly. Gentlemen, someone will be celebrating. Yes, Kyle. Can I, can I finish my Brooks thing? I feel like I didn't close that out Please. very well. Please. The the you might be saying like okay well what, what does it matter if Brooks is not bought in right or or anybody I think it matters because if you if you have a team that there's there's a lack of trust then that gets into guys heads a little bit it's like man can I trust this guy am I gonna have to answer questions about this guy at a press conference and it is there a like are we gonna have to change the pairings you start thinking about a million different things and Greg what if what affects guys at a an event like this more than the, the, the physical nature of playing a tournament. It's what you're thinking about, right? Mentally, you can just get, I mean, just all over the planet. And I think that's what you've seen with a lot of the U S guys over the last several years is, uh, because of a lack of trust, whether it's with the captain or with other guys that are on the team that they, they, they they get a little mentally wound up and i think it starts to affect their play which is why you see a, a lesser talented team in europe win seven of the last nine of these things so that's kind of my reasoning behind like why it matters if not everybody is bought into what you're doing the opponents the european team uh, will be finalized after the BMW PGA Championship, which is this week, a major event on the European Tour schedule. And those captain's picks from Padraig Harrington will be announced shortly after the tournament wraps on Sunday. And Greg, the way the Europeans do it, and remember, we kind of changed these rules because of, of the COVID year that we missed. This is still the 2020 Ryder Cup, believe it or not, in 2021. <laughs> um, Patty Harrington only has three captain's picks. Does that make his job easier or more difficult I, I think that's really the the question here um but in the case of ian Pol, um it, well 
I say Ian Poulter. In the case of Padre Carrington, <laughs> I think it makes it e- a little bit easier. Um, but I also don't know if there's much of a difference because I, I don't know how with the guys that are going to make this team, I don't know how far off the beaten path you would go. The one thing is maybe Bern Wiesberger, I guess, has a chance to make the team this weekend. Yeah. Um, maybe I he's wanna... a guy that – what does he have to do, Rick? He have yeah, to I, I want to read this. 60? He's got to yes. finish top 60 or something? No, I think he's got to do better than that. So, th- so this okay. is from uh, Nosferatu, who is like the uh, official world golf ranking slash points guy on Twitter. Um, the result that – Burned Wiesberger would need is actually a third place finish. So he's got to go. He's got to go very far up this thing. But there are literally um, there are two dozen guys or so that could play themselves into an automatic spot with a result this week. Victor Perez finishing third, Robert McIntyre finishing second, Ian Poulter finishing second, Guido finishing second. And then there's a couple of you know, there's a dozen guys that if they win would really throw a wrench in this, Greg. Like if for whatever reason. Caleb Hill goes out and wins the BMW championship PGA championship. He's in automatically that that's going to, that's going to mess up the algebra. I think for Harrington with, you know, four days to go or five days to go until he makes his picks. Yeah. It's a good point because he has in a way committed to um, Ian Poulter and Sergio Garcia. And so he's left with one. So even if something like that happens, Rick, I, I feel like the third guy, let's say Hatton, ends up the last man in 10th place if if that's possible so hatton ends up in 10th place you're not going to leave him off so um calem hill gets in let's say i love this this timeline we're in right <laughs> oh, well all of a sudden your three captains picks are decided for you yeah you're wild there's one spot right you're, you're picking hatton or westwood or whoever fitzpatrick whoever that last man out ends up being and you're taking Sergio and you're taking Poulter on the team. So I, I don't think it makes it hard. But here's the thing about the European Ryder Cup team. If they lose, we were the favorites. We were supposed to win. Mm. If if we lose, we did a bad job. And it's very it would have to be an almost an egregious mistake, um, a fumble of the ball for Padraig Harrington to take a lot of criticism for losing away in a way game. And I don't see the Avenue where he can mess this up. So I guess to answer your question, to put a little more thought into it, I think it's an advantage for Padraig Harrington. I think it makes it a little easier. It will help this team unite. There are no eyes on Padraig Harrington wondering what he's going to do. And, and that means they're going to bring this team to the table, whatever it looks like. And the contest is going to be, can the Americans beat that team? Whatever that team looks like. The contest is not who is Potter going to bring. And it's a very interesting dynamic. Maybe that's my American bias here from just viewing it from my side of the pond, as they say. Um, I, I'm not sure if they feel differently in Europe, but I feel a lot less pressure for Potter. I think this is the year that I've probably been saying this for like 10 years now, but I think this is the year that they get kind of, kind of stuck between generations. Lee Westwood's 48 years old. Like, listen, Westwood's year, I mean, him at the Arnold Palmer and then at the, at the players championship in March, like that was super fun, but it is like, do you trust Lee Westwood against Dustin Johnson, Bryson? Like, uh, how's that going to play out? You know? And 
Look, those guys have done everything. I mean, those are the, like the lions of of Euro Ryder Cups, not just for their generation, but ever. Like they're like that's the that's the group that's like done it all and been probably more successful than any other uh, group of Euros ever. But I think they're a little I think they're a little hung up between they're between release patterns, so to speak, with uh, with this group. Do you feel that? Do you do you sense that, Rick? Yeah, I I think yes. I yeah. It's it's very awkward. It's very awkward. Just they yeah. Go ahead and clip that right now, Jacob, to play on the Monday after the Ryder Cup. By the way, <laughs> here's, just clip the whole here's, thing. Here's but who's thinking? Is Westwood the only guy? Or are you worried about Sergio and Poulter too, Kyle? Just those to guys. Those guys are like forty-five years old. Yeah, but it's match play. This is the thing. Real quick, I know you got places to go here, Rick. But That's the the one thing about match play is we see it every year in the match play. Anybody can win over 18 holes. Um, They're all very capable of winning over an 18-hole stretch. And so we look at official world golf rankings and metrics and talent and and put it into our perception of what that means in a 72-hole stroke play event. But when you boil it down to 18 holes, the variance goes way up. But we don't expect it to go up. Then you add a team a, a team element into it; it goes up even more, and it's even more unpredictable. And so the talent, the talent level, youth, experience, all those things are are down to me. The importance of them are down, and it's who can step up for over a period of eighteen holes, and then how can the captain make sure that everybody's healthy and ready to go, and emotionally sound and ready to give their best energy? You're not going to play Lee Westwood in five matches. You're not going to do yeah. it. I, you know, I hear so, you. I, I just, I, I think that, I mean, what did Lee Westwood say after the players championship? He's like, I'm taxed. Like I've, I got nothing left. And I think that, yeah, I, I think there's an opportunity for like the U S to just kick their asses on Sunday because guys are just spent after, after two days of, and maybe, maybe Harrington does a really good job of managing them and, and maybe they don't play any practice. Right. I, I don't know what it is. Like maybe they don't, exert themselves as much but I, I do think that like when you're 48 it's different to try to bounce back for a sunday singles than when you're 28 it's just it's just really yeah. really difficult and so i think that's the part where it i, I don't know i i don't know how that's going to go for them even though they've had so 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 much success over the years Barring anything crazy happening at the BMW PGA Championship, barring Padraig Harrington going completely off script, here's here's the likely team. It's John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Paul Casey, Tommy Fleetwood. Those five are in. Uh, likely in, Matt Fitzpatrick, Lee Westwood, Terrell Hatton. To me, those guys are certainly locks. The, the three kind of maybes, Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, Justin Rose. I imagine they're all going to be on the team, and that is your squad. The outsiders looking in, if 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 Patty wants to go off the grid a little bit, uh, Robert McIntyre, Guido Migliozzi, uh, Alex Noren, and Bernd Wiesberger, probably, probably the outsiders looking in, I think. Maybe Victor Perez, too, because Maybe of what he did in the match play. He may have uh, drawn a little bit of attention. But, yeah, I, I think you're pretty much on it, Rick. I think that's the team. I think that's the team the Europeans are running out. And when they do run it out, uh, KP, they will be plus 188. They will, of course, be the dogs. Our friends over at Caesars are taking the U.S. squad, minus 187. Europe at plus 188. And the tie, the tie at 12 to 1. These haven't moved. These 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 were the same odds before the U.S. team 
was announced. Not, nothing that happened in the last 24 hours has moved these numbers. Uh, real quick, I, did we miss uh, – is Shane Lowry in there? Oh, we missed Shane Lowry. I think he's on my list. Did he? He's got to be in there. Well, he's fifteenth. Yeah. He's fifteenth on the European points. So he yeah, would get in on. No, he's he's in through world points. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes. Sorry, he is right after Lee Westwood on world points. So it's Lowry in as well. Producer okay. Jacob with an anti anti Ireland bias here. Yeah, I, I think that puts Justin Rose in real, real uh, jeopardy, uh, and I ultimately think he gets left off. Really? Unless you unless he plays great. Well, yeah. no, 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 no. There, this no, is one. So, yeah, yeah. So that's twelve there with Lowry. It was eleven before. Yes. Sorry, I, I named eleven guys. So it, with Lowry is twelve. Yeah. So for Rose to not be on the team, Thomas Dietrich, Bernd Wiesberger, Victor Perez, Alex Noren, Robert McIntyre, or Guido would have to knock him out. That would be the, the case for not. What Rose. if you were if you were Captain Podrick? Would you put him on there? Eat both of you? Ugh. Yeah, I think I think you just. I, I mean, if you've already got all those other guys, you just take one last shot with your with your horses with the guys that, that that have done it for the last 25 years that's the problem you already have you already have polter and garcia who i mean Pol- they should be on the team you already have those guys you might as well go with rose i would love to see robert mcintyre on the team uh he is yeah. he he made a deep run in the match play you can start bridging the gap to the next generation um real high ceiling player i i would like to see robert mcintyre on this team i don't think it's going to happen though well and th- this is I mean, this is a tangent. We don't need to go down this rabbit hole, but like, what is their next generation? It's like Hovland and John Rom. Rom. But like, and that's a little bit of what I'm saying is the US has entered into this this kind of new era with some like real stars. The Cantlay, the um, the the Xander. I mean, these guys are rookies and they're stars. And the European side, it's like, where's Thomas Peters? Where's, um, you know, some of the younger guy, the the Thorborn Olison? Like, where's some of the younger guys that were supposed to turn into kind of stars and superstars on the European tour that haven't Matt panned Patrick. out? I, huh? Fitzpatrick. Where? Well, I, I yeah, mean, Fitz, he, he's fine. Is he what you want? Is he replacing, uh, you know, Henrik Stenson? Is he taking yeah. on a role like that? I, it it's just that it it seems like their next generation doesn't have the firepower that can match the US's next generation. And maybe that's what people have been saying for the last 30 years, and I was just I'm too young to realize it, but I don't know. It it, it feels like it it does feel like this Ryder Cup represents a shift for, for both sides uh that is more favorable to the US side, honestly. Speaking of firepower, our friends over at Caesars uh, doing a very good job with kind of early early odds and what's not. So we talked about the odds to win, but now that we have the final squad, you can bet, like, let's talk about this, top U.S. point scorers. So first of all, a lot of this is based on opportunity. Who's going to play a lot of matches? If you play five matches, you get an opportunity to score five points. That goes a long way, especially when some of these guys might play twice. Uh if you have not looked at this, have you looked at the odds yet, Greg, or can I get you to guess? Uh, I've looked at them. <laughs> uh, at least, thank you for being I, honest. I am, 
I am currently looking at this. All right. Yeah. So yeah. here we go. The favorites, the, the favorites to be the top U.S. point scorer. Justin Thomas stands alone at the top, six to one. And then Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Xander Shoffley, and Patrick Cantlay are all seven to one. So, Greg, I think we all probably agree Barring something crazy happening, Justin Thomas, the most likely golfer to play all five sessions at, at the, mm, yeah, I would say so. Cause he's got a strong partnership. He, I don't think you're going to go away from he and Spieth. And if they have success early, he's going to keep on going. And, and I believe Spieth will too. So the, um, where they sit in the odds makes a lot of sense. Dustin Johnson, I'm not sure if he's going to... I mean, there aren't a lot of guys that go five matches. Um, but another guy who I think has the best chance of playing a lot um, with the best odds is Bryson at, at plus 800. I mean, he and Kepka are at the same... They're at the same level, and who knows if Kepka's even going to be there. So I, I think he got a real good chance with him. is also interesting because he's a horse in his second Ryder Cup. Um, coming in on a little bit more of a hot streak. Maybe he finds a great pair. Maybe he and Bryson, for instance, pair up and they run they they run the gamut and they just keep on going. I could see that. These are guys that are uh, big, strong guys in, in great shape and they look like they're ready to go all five matches. So uh, those are the guys that I kind of would have circled for um, at least playing four matches. Uh, is uh, Sorry, Kyle. Is Bryson playable an alternate shot? Yes. I'm I'm coming around. So I think, okay, so bets wise, um, I'm going to bet top U.S. point scorer to be whoever Bryson's partner is because I think Bryson is the guy, if he gets hot, they're just going to keep rolling him out there. I, I think his outcomes are are huge. He could play twice. He could play five times. And I think especially if he wins his first two, maybe he brings Harris English along with him. Um, and then you get to Sunday singles and you're live with a 14 to one Harris English to get you three and a half points and be the top point scorer or something like that. I think that's very interesting. But I think Bryson and how many sessions he plays is completely dependent on how he starts. Yeah, it could be. For me, that guy is, is Berger. Like, I, I think if you look at some of Berger's advanced numbers over the last couple of months, he's been unreal from T to green, like, like top three in the world from T to green. He's 14 to one. I think, I think there's an opportunity for if he goes out and let's, let's say he plays the first session with, I actually had him with the uh, Cantlay, I think. And, and if you play Xander and Morikawa together, I don't know if that'll happen, but let's say Morikawa or let's say Berger and Cantlay go out and Berger just, is like, give me the ball, and they smoke Hatton and Fleetwood. Like, I think Berger's going to go to Stricker and be like, I want the ball, I, like, feed me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I think he's that type of player. And I, I'm a little bit overstating how good Daniel Berger actually is, but I think he's the type of guy, like you just described with Bryson, where if he gets going downhill, it's like, we're just, I mean, it, it's almost like a, a 2014 situation with Spieth and Reed, where you're like, I don't totally understand what's happening right now, but but we're just rolling. I mean, he's just going like we're just going, you know, five times in a row. So that's that's my one concern with with Berger. I love the points you made. I just I, I see a Florida State thing with he and Kepka, and I wonder if they get paired together, and if there's a concern with Kepka's health. Does that is Stricker going to put Berger with someone else to play that extra match? Might mm -hmm. that limit his play? Um, if if Kepka's out, 
I I could see you being right, Kyle, because I'm weighing on Berger too. But the, 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 you can't bet Kepka at eight to one here. There's just no way no, he's going to play. No, he's, no way he's going to play. He's the worst bet on the board. Yeah, the because this is almost like an All Star game too. It's like when you're an All Star game manager or coach, you don't want guys getting hurt on your watch. And if you run Kepka out there five times and I don't know something goes wrong, you're you're in big trouble. Um, the idea of uh, like like speed. Okay, so so Justin Thomas has played all five sessions at the last two presidents cups and the last Ryder cup. So he's, yeah. he's the horse for this. I, who, who else is like, I mean, speed very likely, right? Why yep. is, why is Morikawa 10 to one? Is it because he's got this back thing lingering? He's a rookie. He's unlikely to play five times. Is that, is that what we're thinking here? Yeah. I think, I think if you believe that Xander and Cantley are going to play a lot together, which I'm, I think that's probably right, even though I've argued for Xander and, and Morikawa. Then all of a sudden, you're eating up a lot of matches with Xander Cantlay and JT Spieth. And so there's only so many matches left for guys like Morikawa and Scheffler and, and uh, you know, even like somebody like a DJ or a Finau. Um, yeah. And, and so maybe that's it, some... Not a lot of room left. Yeah. Maybe that's some of some of the reason as well. But yeah, I mean, Morikawa has been bad. He was he. If you look at like uh, talent, or like level of talent to performance in the playoffs, just the playoffs, he was the worst guy. I mean, he he performed the worst compared to his talent level throughout the playoffs. And I think that's, you know, it's not like dire straits, but it's not super encouraging going into the Ryder Cup. Uh, I think he'll I, uh, personally, I think he's the kind of guy that can like mentally if, if he's OK physically, I think he can kind of figure that stuff out and be lights out for a, for a given week. I mean, think about how he bounced back from the Scottish Open to the Open Championship. Um, but all that goes away if, if physically he's not feeling well. Let's do this. Let's pick somebody to be top U.S. point scorer. And whoever wins, the other two of us send a case of Arnold Palmer spiked. Yeah. I mean, all right. Let's do. do, uh, do we, are we doing it with odds or no? Well, just pick somebody. Uh, no, because we're all going to pick somebody within like six, seven, or eight to one, I imagine. Okay. Probably fair. All right. I'm going to flip for. I don't know how I'm going to flip a coin and, and get the order here. Um, Here's what well, flip a coin for uh, what do just we, do order of, of one and done. Who finished? You, so you go first, right? <laughs> to the riches go the spoils. Don't mind. Do the reverse I order do. of one and done. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, all right. I will take uh, this is actually pretty tough. So I, I'm not going to pick JT. I'm going to go with Cantlay. I think he has a. Again, solid partnership, no matter who that is. There's a couple of really solid partnerships for him. I think the fact that he is hot, I think the fact that he might be very successful, I think the fact that he is like cool, calm, and collected, even if they get down, you don't go away from Cantlay. I'm going Patrick Cantlay. So that would be, who's next? Greg, you finished second, right? Uh, well, here, of this amongst oh, this group. That's fine. Uh, I will go with Xander. Hmm. I'll take JT. JT's JT's nasty. Like I, I think that. Yeah, we we outthought ourselves on this one, Greg. I think that he really, really, genuinely cares about 
team events like this. I, I remember an interview he did uh 2016-18, I don't know. It was a Ryder Cup year, and he was interviewed in Hawaii, and the, it might have been Todd Lewis. I, I don't know. But the question was, hey, would you rather win a Ryder Cup or would you rather win a major championship? And he's like, I'd, I'd rather win a Ryder Cup. And the way he said it was so con- – I don't know if that's how he actually felt, but he said it so convincingly that I was like, man, I, I'm like way in on JT at these team events. And he's performed and he – like he, I don't know. He's he's kind of had that that Rory type, uh, just feel at right at even in Paris. He was awesome in Paris. So 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 good. And I'm just I'm really excited about the way he played over the last couple of playoff events was uh, was way better than what he did all summer. So I'm excited about his his just his week and kind of taking on that like, hey, I'm kind of the guy here type role for that U.S. team. Uh, he he is he is the, the the leader. He's the leader whether he wants it or not. I love me some me. He's he's the leader of this of this <laughs> team. Uh, so that is Kyle taking Justin Thomas. I'm taking Patrick Cantlay, and Greg is taking Xander Shoffley. If none of them win, I don't know. Producer Jacob has to send us Arnold Palmer spikes or something. We'll figure yes. it out. Um, okay. Anything else, gentlemen? Before we get out of here for the Ryder Cup pick reaction pod. Going I'm feeling up. optimistic. Last last thing I'll say, I'm feeling optimistic. Yeah, I am too. Um, of course, you could probably you could probably run back what I've said or written before the last four Ryder Cups, and I said the same thing. Um, but I'm I'm really excited. I think I think the U.S. is going to be. I think they're going to be lights out. I don't know if they'll win, but I think that I I don't think it'll be like, hey, what happened this time? You know, what happened again? I, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Well, we are going to find out the European team, uh, I believe, Sunday evening after the BMW PGA Championship. We'll get the final three picks there. We'll get the final qualifiers. We will be back Monday for the DFS preview for the Fortinet Championship because the offseason is over. That's it. One one week. Uh, then we jump right back into it. Mega preview pod on Tuesday. All that good stuff coming at you for now. Let me thank producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there. That's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD and that's Kyle Porter. You can find him at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time.